there's no work-life balance. Mm. Mm-hmm. We, saw, we call finance dog. Finance dog. <laughs> uh, yes, I've been quite a quite a. You know, yes, I haven't spent too much time inside of the uh, financial kennel, so to speak. <laughs> oh, yeah. lucky for you. So yeah, yeah, I've been able to strike a balance uh, between work and life, and mm. um, that's really hard. And uh, yeah. So I think with with Hong Kong, what, what what I managed to do is that with the transition to Hong Kong, with change, it opened up a lot of opportunity for me, like a portal for transformation. Um, and in doing so, I was I, I was able to sort of redesign my life. Have you figured out what happiness is? I think I think <laughs> to me, happiness is is um, is uh, is being a satisfier, being uh, knowing that enough is enough. Those moments of crises are the triggers of a large positive movement upwards and change in people's lives. Yeah, exactly. Hello, friends. Welcome to Tokyo. I'm Bolo. 小伙伴们，欢迎来到唠嗑呀！我是豆腐。Well. Welcome to another very very special episode、嗯、of Tokyo. Why is it very special? Today, we have invited a guest, Tudou Xianzhen, Mr. Tudou. Yeah, hello, so, hello. <laughs> so the reason why it's very special is because we have a very special guest、嗯、today.、Uh, he's part of our friendship circle of BBCs in Hong Kong. British-born Chinese, British-born Chinese, yeah, and、uh, he has also listened to quite a few episodes、uh, of our, that we've recorded in the past,、mm. and was also quite excited to come on and talk a little bit to our audience,、mm. which we now have a comment for.、Mm. <laughs> so thank you for the gi- first comment, <laughs> giving、yeah. us a comment. <laughs> uh, without any further ado, welcome. Tudou. Oh, thank you, thank you. Hello, everyone.、Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm uh I'm Tudou, and um yes. Yeah. Well, as well, I mentioned, so、I'm、so、a. tell us, yeah, exactly. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, where did you grow up? I guess in the UK without、uh, letting into PII. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So um yeah. So I'm also uh like Alan. I'm also a BBC. So I grew up in the UK、mm. uh in central London. Um, mm. I was born、mm. there. Pretty much my entire life was there. So、mm. I, I grew up there, went to school there,、uh, ended up working there、mm. uh, for a few years before eventually deciding to leave and、uh, come to Hong Kong, also、mm. for work and、uh, personal reasons. But mm. yeah, mm.、Uh, in a nutshell, that's、uh, also that's the, that. the decision to move to Hong Kong was、um, mostly getting out of the UK、yeah. for career.、Yeah. Uh, for career, but also for personal development,、mm. um, I, I always had the the dream of、uh, living and working elsewhere,、mm. uh, being being absorbed into a different culture. But Hong Kong especially appealed to me because my parents are first generation immigrants, yeah, yeah, yeah. and so they were also from Asia.、Mm. Uh, we spoke Cantonese at home; they have a Chinese uh, uh, heritage. So mm. Mm. yeah, so coming back to Hong Kong and、uh, being close to China was for me quite a special. Uh, thing to do because、mm. I wanted to have that exposure to people that were more similar to my previous generation, yeah, my yeah. sisters. Yeah.、Mm. 
Well, so that's a good segue to today's topic of conversation. It's quite a broad area, so I'm sure there'll be lots of things to discuss and also edit out as well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we wanted to talk a little bit about personal development, um, also career development, how it links back to the satieties that we both grew up in in the UK. And also are now in in Hong Kong, mm. and then also maybe a little bit about how it links to our upbringing as well, mm. and, that, and that's interesting because obviously both um, Tudo and uh, myself are BBCs mm. who have come here from the UK, and Dofu uh, is from China. So today's Ladies,我们聊一聊对人生啊,对事业,还有个人成长的一些感悟。那我们认为,我们觉得土豆先生是以这个话题最好的嘉宾。为什么呢?因为我们觉得他在我们朋友圈中是一个非常会思考,然后
sort of take your mind off it. No, no downtime. No sort of um, things mm. to unwind from. Mm. Yeah. But that's but but having things that take your mind off work when you're outside of work, that's not exclusive to Hong Kong, right? In terms no. of having no. things outside. So and, and you, in any case, it would be harder in Hong Kong. In the mainstream's perception, right? Yes and no. So I think with with Hong Kong, what, what what I managed to do is that with the transition to Hong Kong, with change, opened up a lot of opportunity for me, mm-hmm. like a portal for transformation. Um, and in doing so, I was I, I was able to sort of redesign my life in London. Mm-hmm. I I worked uh, a couple of jobs. So outside of my my main job in finance, I was also teaching most of the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, tuition, I would teach little kids. Ooh. Yeah, math. Uh, science, Ooh. English, and I would do it uh, uh, maybe an extra 10, 12 hours every weekend, wow. every wow. week. And then on top of that, I had homework to mark, uh, you know, class schedules to mm, design. And yeah. design. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So it was uh, work 24 7 really. Was that uh, uh, your, what was the it, it, was a, it was a conscious choice at first. Oh, okay. I thought it would be a, a meaningful thing to do. But over time, I, I felt it's like it was a bit imbalanced. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so one of the reasons I, I wanted some change was to sort of rethink how I wanted to design my life in terms of work and you know, pursuing other things that I felt to be meaningful, good for personal development and, uh, and just achieving that, that balance overall. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I mean, it's good that the reason why you decided to do that was because not that you thought it would be something good for your career, but it was meaningful. That's something that not a lot of people have the awareness of what would be good for their life. And then it's also interesting how you have the awareness around wanting to transform or change your life Mm. in parallel with the transition Mm. of going from the the UK to Hong Kong. So do you think you're happier in Hong Kong? than uh, you were in the UK? Yeah, so I think in some ways, or in many ways, yes, because uh, having, after coming to Hong Kong, I spent quite a lot of time thinking about what happiness is and also mm. uh, changing my perspective on what uh, constitutes as, as happiness um, and what it means. And because I think these days, um, we're, a, a lot of how we think and how we perceive things is heavily conditioned by know cultural norms and a lot of subliminal uh, messages and structuralism that happens in society so th- you know, concrete examples would be things like um, the way you're taught to think uh, in certain education systems growing up uh, mm. it's quite common that everything is measured against things like grades qualifications mm. and then later on what jobs you get and how much mm. you earn mm. you know, all of that stuff and then in in the media you know whether it be advertisements or other things, you know, a sense of self-worth and self-image is distorted mm. by uh, a certain sense of perfection that's always displayed mm. in very narrow terms. Yeah. So when, when you look at sort of fashion magazines or um, you know, clothing shops, all the, the billboards and posters would show you images of people who look the same, you know, skinny, tall, blonde, mm. white, mm-hmm. all of that. So yeah, so things like that uh, end up, I think, making us generally less happy people and mm. being more aware of those things, how those ideas penetrate deep into our, our psyche, and then unraveling that, you know, disentangling that from what 
reality really should be about, um, I think has contributed a lot to how I perceive happiness. Is that like, um, so what I take from that is through the media, we are um, saturated by what constitutes good. Yeah. Being skinny, having a really good job, having a big house, mm-hmm. good car. Mm-hmm. The latest iPhone. The latest iPhone. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get that, if you don't get that, then you there must be something wrong. Yeah. Or your status mm. in society is... Or, or, or is you need to buy a product, yeah. so you will become the happy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, then, yeah, that's, that's a good in, uh, insight. Mm. Have you figured out what happiness is? I think, I think <laughs> to me, happiness is, is, um, is, uh, is being a satisfizer, being, uh, knowing that enough is enough. Knowing that mm. you so don't have to be... Mm. Yeah, yeah, knowing that you don't have to be the best of everything, you have to be perfect, you don't have to, you know, it's, it's not about competing with other people, mm. it's about um, knowing what you want and spending time to uh, move in that direction. It's not necessarily about achieving the goal, it's more about, you know, enjoying the process of mm. striving for that goal. Mm. But some people don't even know what they want, right? And that yes. maybe that's yes. why... Yeah, they're not walking towards a goal. Mm. Yeah. And I think oftentimes that's because their goals are enforced upon them by other people. Oh, like the commercials you mentioned. Commercials, but not only that, but also family and mm. friends and society. They, yeah. they derive what they think they should do through what other people say. Mm. They don't spend enough time thinking about what it is that really makes them uh, you know, feel happy or uh, have a sense of, of meaning, exactly. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel this is more a situation for Chinese people? Be- like you, Rather you than need, yeah, Caucasians. You, your, your happiness is based on how other people perceive you or how other people tell you to do. Do you think there's a difference? I think it's the illness of um, people in our generation in general. I think social media makes it um, mm. apply to everyone globally. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But perhaps to some extent more so in Asia because of the the uh, the additional pressure you get from parents. I think there is mm. a distinct difference in the attitude of mm. Asian parents on average, mm. without trying to generalize too much. But um, compared to you know Western parents who I think are you know, slightly more liberal uh, in terms of how they or the pressures they give their kids. I think, for example, in Asian culture, it's more um, like hard sciences and achievements in academia are more heavily weighted or, and you know, prioritised by, by parents, whereas uh, in the Western culture, mm-hmm. things like the arts or sports, sports or yeah. dance and culture, Hobbies, other kinds yeah. of things like this um, would have a, a relatively larger weight mm. in terms of the, uh, I guess, what parents perceive to be uh, an essential component of childhood mm. and the upbringing of their kids. I wonder if some of it links to a fundamental characteristic of Chinese culture meaning face, right? Mm. Oh, yeah. Mianzi. right. It's not really a concept known in Caucasian culture. Maybe reputation, I guess, could, yeah, be, yeah, could yeah, be the yeah, counterpart. Yeah. Especially for British people, how hey. Uh, no, not, not necessarily. Okay. Um, but, but that's what maybe a loose translation would be for face. Oh. And so family and people always want to keep face yeah. yeah. and by having face mm, 
you need to have a lot of stuff. You need to have a lot of money, cars, big yeah. home, big career. Mm. Whether or not that translates into a sense of satisfaction in your life or contentedness. Yeah, I think it goes back. It kind of links back to what I was saying before. I think it does create a, an almost artificial sense of satisfaction because it's a sense of happiness and satisfaction that derives from the perception of other people. Mm. It's not a mm. if you're looking for an imperishable sense of happiness, it doesn't come from perishable sources, i.e. other people whose minds are always changing, they're fluid and mm-hmm. you know, what they think is good or bad or you know, worthy, it depends on whatever is popular at the mm. time, you know, it yeah, goes with the trend. What I, when I hear perishable, actually what it sounds like to me is internal versus external exactly. and the dependency on external forces parents, schooling, education, rather than internal forces uh, like your own mind Mm -hmm. and heart, which will always be with you, rather than external things and people that come and go Mm -hmm. and are fleeting, effectively. exactly. Mm -hmm. And I think when when happiness and faith or self-worth is derived externally, that becomes extremely dangerous or poisonous or toxic because Mm. it ends up imposing certain things your kids like if if an adult is insecure about their self-image and they strive to make up for it through their mm. kids mm. then in the end their kids are being impacted because they you know the kids grow up wanting to get recognition and mm. um, you know, accolades from their parents uh, based on the parents insecurities the parents aren't focusing on what the kid wants or needs they're focusing on what they think would give them face or they think is good for the kids' future. Yes. So what? They but what they think is good for the kids' future yeah. are ideas derived from other people, or as opposed to observation of their kids. Yeah, I think they're very, very valid and good points. So going back to your uh, self experiences, have you ever uh, be in a position where you happiness was driven by external stuff, and now you're more internal and how did the transition was made? Are you asking me? Both of oh, you? Either or You can go first. <laughs> <laughs> no, to, to be honest, no. I, I, I didn't have one um, anecdote or story which, which really um, hit home as to why it was important to have happiness as an internal thing to measure rather than an external. I think, to be honest, the point is when happiness is dependent on external forces you will always be in a mode of competition and competing with other people and other things I mean that's just for me Tudo, what about you? Do you have any specific stories? Oh, I have many. So <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We love well, stories. Because <laughs> first of all, I grew up in a in a fairly big family. I have two brothers, two sisters, oh. and all of us have fairly close age ranges. So mm. my, my brothers and sisters are two years younger than me. My older sisters only a couple of years older than me. And so, you know, when people are similar to you, you mm. feel like there's a more valid comparison. And yeah. so naturally, you would compare more, and I, I became quite competitive. And a lot of this competitiveness, uh, at the root of it, was trying to gain affirmation from our parents. Oh, you know, approval. Yeah, oh. approval from our parents. Um, and the, I guess the, the kick of it is that 
neither of my parents grew up in societies where um, words of affirmation was a thing. Mm. Mm. And that's often the, the case, um, at least from what, what I hear with Chinese parents, they don't express um, approval and love through words. At most, it's like, oh, you know, yeah, no, they'll give you a give you bowl of rice, you know, tell you to eat more, and that that's their version of love. I want candy. Yeah, but if you if you do well in school, it's something like, oh, yeah, okay, try harder, keep it up. You know, it's never like, oh, well done, you know, because like the white kids in my school. You know, they, they get like a, a B grade or a C grade yeah. and their parents take them they up to a car. park right. or they get a car, <laughs> really? you know. Yeah, but for us it's kind of like, you know, oh yeah, you know, just another normal That's day. That's what you should That's do. That's what you should be doing. Yeah. A plus? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's your basic. Met expectations, great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so naturally I was quite competitive and um, I guess that, that way of thinking made me quite uh, dissatisfied in general. Mm. And when did you realize you wanted to make a change to bring happiness internally? Yeah, so I guess the point was, uh, I guess at some point my, my dad left the family. Uh, mm. My parents split up and, and, um, and when that happened I realized that there was, no, the, the one thing I'd hoped for, which was to get his kind of approval, mm. uh, would never happen anymore. Oh. And there was no chance of that happening and I was unhappy. So I had to find a way uh, around this. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Wow. When when was that? Were you were you older already? Uh, I was in my I was in I was in my teens at the time. Wow, you're yeah. very mature teen. <laughs> like find <laughs> happiness internally <laughs> as a teen is is quite deep, right? Yeah. No, because I was looking around at a lot of my friends, and I realized that you know on the surface everyone had this this front. You know, mm. everyone would want to show a happy face. People were uncomfortable talking about um, feelings that were negative or you know not. Not, um, uh, not so great, but things that I knew we all came from the same background. I went to a state school where people were mostly from underprivileged families, but they were, even, even though on the surface they would express uh, you know, uh, some kind of hype or, or happiness mm. or some kind of coolness by trying to fit mm. into a crowd. Mm. Underlying all of that was, um, was a sense of insecurity. You know? mm. all, all of their coolness mm. was tinged mm. with a fear that maybe someday they would lose their status amongst mm. their friends because they would be unable to, to, um, to do a dare or to you know, follow the latest trend or to be, to be, the, to be the best in their group. Mm. And, um, mm -hmm. yeah. and seeing all of that made me realize that it, it was an unwinnable game. Mm. To, to gain approval from other people as a way of building happiness was not sustainable. Wow. If, if you came to that realization when you were a teen, I only came to that realization in my late twenties. That was but like I said, years later. it's not a conversation. Like, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Oops. As a Chinese student raised and born in China, I was also very, very competitive. Uh, it was a norm. You have to get good grades in school to get being seen as a good kid. So you only get a label as a good kid when you get good marks. Mm -hmm. And even though I am not only child, I didn't get internal competition within my family, but I got a lot of competition with like relatives, neighbor kids, like And my dad was a very strict uh, parent. So his requirement on me was also very uh, high. And I also works really hard to get his recognition mm -hmm. 
or until high school, I was very driven to be very competitive and hardworking in school because I wanted to continue this recognition from all my surrounding yep. family and friends. They were feeding me to mm. my competitiveness. Mm. And I think that started a very, mm, it's, not, it's not a good loop. And I basically had a meltdown after mm -hmm. several years of working. I yep. realized I kept on working on a very high driven, high performance mode for several years. And that's so stressful. Yep. And also even more disappointing or unhappy when I didn't get the recognition from everyone. So exactly. I, was I was trying to get everyone's recognition, which now I realize is impossible. Yep. So after the meltdown, I realized, oh, like uh, Bolo said, if I rely my happiness or my self-recognition based on others' comments on me, how they view me, I there is no end. Mm -hmm. and I'll always feel this kind of undervalued um, situation. When is enough enough, basically? Exactly. You never get there. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. And so I think it's important that having realized that, and for a lot of people in our generation, it's to then turn internally as mm -hmm. a way to search for happiness, uh, a mode of reflection without judgment. And so mm -hmm. what that means is that we often think of things uh, in terms of labels and often in terms of good and bad, mm -hmm. and that's judgment. And the reality is that nothing is good uh, absolutely bad. good or absolutely bad, mm -hmm. exactly, it depends on which the scenario, the, the context, and also the perspective that you choose. And, um, and in reflection, oftentimes, uh, what happens is that when you're so used to deriving perceptions from the external world, mm. those voices continue in your head, mm. even in the, the way you try to think about yourself. Mm. Mm. And especially with parents, if your parents are very dominant in your life, and they're very critical, mm. you end up being very self-critical, because it's their voices that are mm. dominating your mind. Mm. And so the ability to then put away from that, detach mm. yourself from their voices and the, the urge to get their approval and then to start reflecting by yourself without judgment, mm. you know, understanding what you are without thinking of it in terms of good or bad, but finding a perspective that is helpful for your, your ability to grow, your sense of freedom mm. and your sense mm. of self-worth. I think that's mm. super important. Mm. But I find that uh, that's a, I mean, first of all, it's very insightful, of course. But it's also very difficult for some people to have because of the impact of their parents. For example, in Hong Kong, uh, when compared to the UK, or kids Asia. Yeah. or Asia, kids stay with their parents in in the family home yeah. uh, for a long, a lot longer than in the UK. And so it's very difficult to detach from that mode of thinking. I, I also think, second of all. Um, people don't get to that level of thinking until they have some sort of crisis mm. and they feel as if things need to change mm. uh, and so I, I agree with you that that kind of detachment to the parental upbringing and paradigm of thinking is um, crucial yeah. to personal development and self-growth uh, but it takes it takes something to happen yeah uh, or, or, uh, it, it could for be, sure, for sure. Yeah. There, there is an immense amount of momentum that 
it's present when you grow up in a certain way and it's super hard to break out of it mm. and uh, yeah like you said usually it's uh, a meltdown or some kind of crisis yeah. or some <laughs> kind of significant event that triggers uh, this kind of I guess enough it, it requires enough force to knock you off mm-hmm. that mm, the momentum of that path of, of thinking yeah. and then you know, redefine a different path different direction to go in mm. yeah that, that also links back to what you mentioned about good and bad uh, things are not necessarily good nor necessarily bad it depends on the situation the context your perception of the event that happens oftentimes I feel like people take a negative view about stuff that happens in their life but there's always a different side to the story and when it comes to moments of crises in people's life oftentimes actually if you think about it in a certain way those moments of crises are the triggers of a large positive movement upwards and change in people's lives yeah exactly and it happens in all sorts of all areas of life I mean a classic one would be a breakup with mm. every breakup is an opportunity a portal for immense transformation mm. oh you mean like friendship yeah. Um, uh, yeah exactly oh, like, in, in a oh. romantic relationship every time oh, you break okay. up there'll be there'll be reasons for it and oh. uh, you know out of those reasons would be lessons to be learned mm, yeah. Mm, mm. yeah but it's the same with any any job interview any kind of failure really yeah with every job interview there are different ways to think about it. You can come out thinking, oh, you know, it was their fault. They asked me questions mm. that I didn't know. Uh, it was, uh, I don't like their personality. They're really harsh. And you can point fingers at people all the time. Mm. But then there's always a component of yourself being slightly underprepared and maybe, you know, um, you could have approached it slightly differently. You know, if you, mm. so, so it's, it's always a two-part equation. It's, but then some people take it too far the other way. You know, they think about it. Oh, I'm just not good enough. Self-criticism and yes, judgment. Not, yeah. I'm not good enough. I never get there, and it's not them. It's me. You know, but it's not. It's not that either. It's usually kind of that you, you can learn about these things in both ways, and um, yeah. But when you reflect on yourself, you realize that ah, you you might be too biased one way or another, and it's not helpful. It's neither good nor bad. It's just the way you are. But if you realize that you're mm. too skewed to one or the other in terms of you know, where you are on the spectrum, then it helps to. Um, to then kind of moderate that and mm. and uh, be less critical yeah. uh, mm. on either side. I find your thinking process is actually very interesting in the way that you almost see yourself as a objective view like you see yourself as a third person mm, so you yes. can detach yourself from the current situation and to give yourself a more fair analysis of what, what happened and rather than oh i'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not good i'm bad and i did this wrong i did this right yeah that's so how, right how did you build this ah uh well growing up another thing that's quite typical of asian uh, culture is the um uh, the lack of acceptance, the, you know, mm. the uh, uh, of of emotional expression. Like with my parents, it, it was often the case that if I was upset, they'd be, oh, you know, why are you upset? That's bad. You know, <laughs> like you, you couldn't like showing you're, sadness. You're boy, don't cry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things like that is it's not well received by, by Asian parents. You, you you grew up with the pressure that um, you had to be a certain way. You know? mm. Yeah. And um, and so one way of dealing with this was if I was in an emotional state, I would step out of it 
and view wow. it uh, from a sort of external point of view. And instead of uh, being um, completely uh, immersed, in, immersed in, in these emotions and overwhelmed by it, I would, I would familiarize myself with it. I wouldn't resist it so much. I would sort of, you know, think of it as, a, as an interesting object. Like, oh, what, what is this thing that I'm going through? I mean, it's oh, sad and it kind it's of so hurts mindful. and it's, it's, it's quite heavy in the chest, oh. but ultimately, you know, it's, it's just something that's happening to me, but it's not me. really me. Yeah. It doesn't define wow. me, you know, and, and I was always very conscious of the idea of time because uh, uh, uh. I, I remember one thing that stuck out to me was that one day I was really, really sick. Mm. Um, I mean, I was sick. I say I was sick. I actually just had hiccups <laughs> <laughs> and I had hiccups that wouldn't go away for four days. And after the first two days, I couldn't sleep and my, my stomach was hurting and I thought I was going to die of hiccups. And, <laughs> and what happened was... <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and, and it was really bad. I, could, I literally couldn't breathe for a minute oh because without hiccuping, you know. And so I thought this was one of the... It was just, oh, what if I hiccup for the rest of my life? And then, and then one day, it, it kind of just went. And, and then I realized upon reflection that the, the thoughts that this kind of suffering would last uh, indefinitely, uh, it never really does. I mean, all kinds of suffering, uh, in one way or another, always comes to an end. And so the concept of time in terms of moving past suffering um, became quite a big thing for me. And so whenever I went through anything, anything that was uh, tricky or negative, Painful, emotionally or quite uh, heavy, I would always step out and think of it in, in terms of, you know, what is this thing and and how does it transform over time? I always wow. was quite conscious of it, so I wouldn't mm -hmm. dwell on it too much. Yeah, wow. and also I would think of it uh, in terms of what what can I learn from it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I you use a modern word is very mindful. Is that know what you're doing and understand yourself and yeah. your emotions? Yeah. Yeah. Anybody who is familiar with a general concept of mindfulness and meditation I think would have some resonation with everything that you've said right. first of all when it comes to thoughts and the detachment of oneself between one's thoughts uh, there's a very common saying that you are not your thoughts right mm. people think literally a million things a day yeah if you were all of those things you would go crazy exactly mm. the point of meditation is not to stop those thoughts because ultimately actually they will never stop but what you can learn to do is to detach yourself from those thoughts and see them from afar yeah obviously in your mind in order to pick out what is good and what is bad in a kind of productive way and move yourself forward in the way that you would like. Exactly. So it's taking note of those thoughts, acknowledging them, but then not holding on to them. Nor judging them. Nor judging mm. them. And, allow, and learning to let go of them. Let them come, let them go. Mm. And with that, you afford yourself some space, more spaciousness and a sense of clarity. Yeah. Mm. And the point of time is also um, interesting too, because again, meditation, mindfulness, a lot of things point towards people not being present. Right. When it comes to people stuck in the past, people may feel depressed because they 
say things like, oh, my life was so good in the past, look where I've come, mm -hmm. I can't believe where I am. And then when their head is stuck in the future, they get anxious. Yeah. They're like, oh God, I, I can't believe I haven't reached there yet, I haven't reached this goal. But both of those things are, well, first of all, they're thoughts, but they're also not real. Mm -hmm. It's not mm. what's happening. Mm. The only thing that is happening uh, and is real is the present moment. Right. Yeah. And so, uh, living a life of of satisfaction and contentedness and happiness. One solution for that may be living in the present and not thinking so much about the past or the future. Yeah. And just being. Uh, just being really and in combined with the balance topic like have a very balanced goal mm. or lifestyle yeah to walk towards your goal so I think I'm really happy to sit next to two very mindful people <laughs> which is really well. hard to find in the modern life do you think I it would make would it would it make you mindful just by just through pure osmosis would make me to really interesting to ask the last question to wrap up this episode mm. for those people who are still struggling in their emotions or in finding happiness finding balance but still no matter what you tell them they're just i still don't know what to do what would be like the simplest suggestion for them they could be just started working or haven't been working for years or even still studying they just feel stuck and don't know where is happiness. Right. I, I, th I think for me it's, it's uh, well, be aware that um, there's no strict uh, definition of success. If you find yourself with, with, uh, with the idea that success and happiness only comes in one way mm. and you expect yourself, you force yourself to achieve that one goal and that one and only goal and if that doesn't happen that's, you know, then you're a failure, let go of that idea. Mm. Let go of the idea and realize that um, you know there are many many ways, uh, many possibilities to achieve mm. a sense of of satisfaction, mm. and there's no need to hang on to to this one thing. And then on top of that, to also embrace the the idea of time. Th things are always changing; they're always in flux. Uh, something that you're angry about today will be something that you laugh about tomorrow. Mm. And so, mm. you know, there's no need to hold on to uh, anything too tightly. Mm. Yeah, so learn to let go. Learn to be present. If you're always chasing something that uh, is in the future, you never be present. Mm,嗯,嗯,基本上土豆先生的建议就是如果你现在感觉生活就是很没有希望,然后也不觉得一直很不开心的话,首先可能是要改变自己对成功的定义。这世界上没有一个绝对的定义说成功是什么样的。然
and know yourself a little bit more, maybe, which everybody can do more of. Uh, who are you? What are your values? Where did you come from? What do you like? What is meaningful for you? And you may find that as time progresses and your self-awareness progresses as well, there are things that may come to you that might have bothered you before, but because you have a foundation of that self-awareness and who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what matters to you, things may become easier. Yeah。嗯,嗯,謝謝波羅。波羅的意思是首先要真的是對自己有有認知。真的要了解自己是什麼樣的人,想要什麼,是喜歡什麼,不喜歡什麼,再有了了解自己的基礎上面才是可以真
Mm. And we'll try to follow up. Mm. Please follow, like, comment, share our channel and the episode. Mm. And thank you. Uh, Thank you, bye bye. Bye bye.